Gary Buckman knows what it's like to achieve more than most people ever will in sport. But he also knows what it's like to have all of that stolen from him in a moment. I was doing a vault that only two or three people in the country were trying at the time. It was a multiple flipping vault. And uh, one day in practice, I took off on the wrong foot and I landed on my head from eight and a half feet in the air and knocked me out. And when I woke up, my neck was broken and I was paralyzed. Gary was confined to a hospital bed for weeks, unable to move while doctors tried desperately to heal him. During that time, he reflected on his life and what had brought him to this. Welcome back to Kavah. Welcome back to Kavah the Podcast. I'm Kelly Archibald, and I want to thank you for tuning in. We live in a crazy world, so we made this podcast to shine some hope into your life. Our guests have lived through some incredible things, both good and bad, and they want to share their stories with you. Listeners like you make this podcast possible. If you've been inspired or encouraged by these stories, please consider supporting us on Patreon or contacting us about sponsorship opportunities. You can find more information about us at kavahpodcast.com. That's Q-A-V-A-H podcast.com. So, Gary, tell us, what is your first memory? Well, my first memory as a child, um, I remember um, I woke up one morning and uh, there was a kitten in our house and uh, mm-hmm. I and it came over to me when I was underneath one of our tables. Oh, that, what color was it? Do you remember? Yeah, it was like a, a Persian cat. It had multiple colors. It was like black and white and gray. Oh, how pretty. So did you keep it as your pet? Yes, in fact, that pet ended up uh, living for 20 years, and so I uh, it died when I was like 22 years old. <laughs> oh, my goodness. What was its name? Tiger. Tiger. <laughs> Tiger for a Persian cat. Cute. Yeah. That's a good friend, I'm sure. So, yeah. So where did you grow up? Well, I grew up in uh, California. I was born in Martinez, California. It's, that's, that's Northern California. Okay. And um, who was in your family? Well, I had my mom and dad. My mom's name was Winnie, uh, short for Winifred. And my dad's name was Fred. <laughs> and and I had a, an older sister, Gail, and I had a younger sister, Carol. Okay. And so where are you? Okay. Where are you in birth order? So I'm in the middle. So I have an, uh, my oldest sister is Gail. So then me and then Carol. Okay. And so that's a busy household. <laughs> yeah, that was. Okay. So um, did you go to school? Yep. Um, I went all the way through uh, college. I went to school in um, Pleasant Hill, California, at College Park High School. Okay. And then I went on to Chico State University up in Chico, California. Okay. So do you have any favorite childhood memories? Um. Yeah, uh, I think one of the one of my favorites was um, when I built a Pinewood Derby oh. with my dad and the Cub Scouts. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was an amazing journey because um, you know it was uh, one of those projects that Cub Scouts do, and we all of us got a little block of pine wood and some little plastic wheels and some nails and different things, and then we 
all got to build a, a you know a race car and then race them against other people and um it was it was it was as much fun building it with my dad as it was winning we actually won uh, all the competitions and so um i learned a lot about you know how to you know build something out of a block of wood with a lot of different tools and i learned a lot about um eye for detail wow <laughs> And yeah. so was your dad good at those kinds of things? Yeah, he was amazing at that. You know, he 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 was a jack of all trades, seemed like he could do anything. He um he could bricklay, um, and he could, you know, he could do carpentry, he did, you know, all of the landscaping and yard work. Um uh, yeah, he even uh, we even added on a an extra room to our house when I was like uh, oh in intermediate school and and high school. And um he even drew up all the plans for that and then we uh we all built it. Wow. Yeah. That so. is super impressive. So uh, going back to your derby car, now how yeah. how big is this car that you made? Oh, not very less. It's probably like, you know, four or five inches long. Okay. It, you know, yeah, it can only weigh like up to four and a half ounces. You know, they had, you know, and so they, um, you know, we just got a block of wood and then we, uh, you know, decided on our own design. And I told my dad I wanted to build an Indy Annapolis car racer, you know, in those days oh. back in the sixties, you know, <laughs> and so he designed, he, he drew the lines and then he showed me how to plane it and file it and sand it. And, and then we, uh, painted it and we even put a little roll bar in it where we made out of, uh, an old hanger that my mom had that he cut and put in there. And, and, uh, and it was, and we painted the wheels, you know, like, you know, on the inside, like look like hubcaps. And so it was, it was, it was, it was quite a project. <laughs> Wow. Well, it sounds like you had a wonderful childhood. I did. I mean, I, I, you know, I think more and more about that all the time, you know, when I, you know, and I talk to my wife about her childhood, you know, it's like, man, I thought everybody had a childhood like that, but you know, and all my friends, you know, now, you know, like my, my I, I'm in touch with a lot of my uh, childhood friends and high school friends. Cause we went all the way through elementary school and intermediate school and high school together and, uh, you know, we all lived in the neighborhood. And so we, you know, and we, we still talk about how, what a, an amazing childhood we all had in that neighborhood. We all were friends and we played games and got along and it was just amazing. Oh, that <laughs> is so wonderful. So what kind of activities were you involved in in high school? Well, um, in high school, I got, um, started in, in gymnastics. Okay. Um, and I got started in that sport because I was, too small for all the other sports. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, yeah. When I, yeah, I, I tell a story about when I was a freshman in high school, I was like four foot 11 and 78 pounds. Oh my goodness. Okay. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so, um, I couldn't even go out for the wrestling team because the 95 pounder was the lightest weight. And so that was too big and couldn't play football because I think the football uniform weighed more than I did. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, and they didn't have soccer in those days, so all of a sudden, you know, they had a uh, uh, a thing in the bulletin about the gymnastics team, and so I'd been doing a little bit of tumbling and stuff in intermediate school, so I went out for the gymnastics team. Gary received lots of encouragement from his family and developed a competitive streak. He felt like he could accomplish anything if he worked hard. Okay, so you got involved in that, and how did that go? Well, that, uh, that ended up taking me all the way into college wow. and, and, uh, competing on a national level. And then I went into my career as a coach in gymnastics after that and stuff. So it, uh, wow. 
you know, it, uh, it, it kind of became my, my uh, career in the, in the end. Wow. <laughs> you did super well at it. Yeah. I, um, I, in, um, in fact, in college, um, I actually had a pretty catastrophic injury. I, I broke my neck and paralyzed oh and, um, so I had to come back. I had to come back from that injury Wow. And that taught me, that taught me a lot. You know, I had to heal myself and come back because the doctors were saying that I wasn't going to recover. And wow. I said, and I said, no, I, I, I am going to recover somehow, some way. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me, how did you injure, have the injury? Um, you know, the vaulting event, the long horse yes. vaulting event where you run down. Yeah, I did it on vaulting. I was doing a vault that only two or three people in the country were trying at the time. It was a multiple flipping vault. And uh, one day in practice, I took off on the wrong foot. And I landed on my head from eight and a half feet in the air and knocked me out. And when I woke up, my neck was broken and I was paralyzed. Okay. How in the world did that feel when you woke up? Oh, oh my gosh. It was, first it was terrifying because I couldn't feel anything from the neck down. And, and all of my teammates and coaches, you know, my coach was standing over me, you know, like with, you know, shocked looks on their faces, you know, like they just saw one of their teammates get killed or something. And mm. so... Anyway, and then and then the the oh the pain started, you know, from the broken bone and uh, my back muscles were all spasmed to protect the spinal cord and you know so I was I was in a, I could feel you know I went you know I was paralyzed from the neck down right away and then all of a sudden when I when the shock wore off then I had a bunch of pain in my neck and my back and my arms were already paralyzed they they didn't respond but I could I, I had my legs and everything and I actually. Um, the trainer came in and put a neck brace on me and did a bunch of tests on me and talked to me and actually, you know, had me get up and walk out of the gym and go to the doctors with him. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. And then while I was at the doctor's office, you know, um, while they were taking x-rays, um, my left leg went dead, <laughs> went paralyzed. So I thought, oh my gosh, is it going to creep and take all of me? And then I got put in the hospital and uh, you know, I was in traction flat on my back for weeks and the doctors came in and said, you're not responding. So this is what you're going to have for the rest of your life. And I said, no, that's not the plan. And so I mind over matter and a lot of visualization and, um, uh, a major operation and I healed myself. Oh my goodness. So, um, wow. How long were you in the hospital? Um, I'm trying to remember all the way. I think it was around eight weeks. Okay. And so what kinds of things did you do? Well, you know, as a gymnast, we used to visualize our routines and our heads, you know, okay. ourselves doing them and stuff. So I used a lot of visualization to see myself, you know, back strong, healthy, back with my, you know, teammates back in school, back at practice, you know, back competing again. I also... Um, was a physical education major, so I visualized mm -hmm. the nerve impulses going from my brains through the neural pathways into my muscles and making them work. And I just, you know, started, you know, visualizing. And while I was while I was in the hospital, um, I felt like I could move my toes. And one day, one of my teammates came in, and I said, "I think I can move my toes," and I did. And then I got my leg back, and so then I could mm -hmm. walk again. And and then the doctor said that was amazing, and but there was nothing else they could do for me, so they actually releasing me and let me go home with the guys at the team house with paralyzed arms. Oh, wow. Gary's teammates believed in him. They had seen his bright future and refused to let it be cut short. So you went to the team house yeah. and, and 
did you have a complete recovery? Did you? Yeah, I mean, I completed, but it took me. A, it took a while, you know. And my okay. teammates had to, uh, you know, <laughs> dress me and feed me and, and wow. be my nursemaids now and help me. Um, and I had to drop out of school, and I was just trying to, you know, little by little. And then I got the feeling back uh, sometime uh, in my arms, and then I don't remember how long that was—weeks or months—and uh, and then uh, that, you know, I, I was always in constant pain from the back muscle spasming, you know, so I was always uncomfortable. Mm. And uh, one morning, uh, wow, well, probably I don't know how many months later, I woke up and <clears throat> the pain was gone because the muscles were fatigued they weren't spasming anymore and I thought wow this is great I don't hurt anymore you know yeah <laughs> but my arms still weren't working so I you know I went back to the doctor and of course I I had I was going in to see the doctor like every couple of weeks uh but I have to cancel appointments because he was an orthopedic surgeon or and he was just telling me the same old story and I got tired of hearing it so I stopped going to him for a while oh, wow. and so when I went back in, he wasn't very happy, but he, you know, he, he says, we need to take some x-rays. So they took some x-rays and, you know, and then they came back and he says, you need an operation immediately. And I said, what are you talking about? You know, like, I, I figured I was healing, you know, cause right. it's been months now. And, uh, so he, so he put the x-rays up in the, in the machine and lit it up and, <laughs> you know, and I know what a vertebral column is supposed to look like. And, uh, my vertebrae was cracked in half still and it was and it oh. subluxed and it was hanging on. It was it looked like a step in a staircase. And, uh, he said, you know how much a millimeter or two is? And I said, yeah. And he says, well, he says, that's what your vertebrae is hanging on by. And someone could come up and slap you on the back to say hello. And it could slip off and cut your cord and it'd either kill you or you're going to be paralyzed for the rest of your life. You oh know? my goodness. So, you know, so I had to go in and have an operation and they took a, they took a, a piece of my hip. They took a bone chip out of my hip and fused it into my neck. And, and I had to wear a neck brace for like six months for it to grow together. So my sixth and seventh vertebrae is all one solid bone now. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so after that operation, how were your arms? Well, they, they came back. And okay. then, um, you know, and then uh, I, uh, I, start, I had to start, you know, therapy and working out again but there wasn't really any kind of therapy in those days you know so i the doctor gave me a little squishy ball that i became like another appendage i had it in my pockets all the time squeezing mm. it and i had to learn how to touch my fingers you know to my thumb forward and backwards you know to get my dexterity back and then i had to get all my upper body strength again because i couldn't even support myself anymore you know after wow. you know months of no arms so but i um started training again and the months of healing seemed to drag on forever but Gary was never one to give up. In fact, he came back even stronger than before. Within uh, a year or two, I was back competing. and uh, Whoa! And then 74 and 75, I had my best competitive year of my life. I was actually stronger than I was before I got injured. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I was thinking that you were just going to go on with life. You competed. Yeah, I went back to competition. <laughs> that is amazing. Yeah. That is truly amazing. So, wow. Um, so you went on and had your best ever after that. That is super inspiring. Um, and then what did you do? Well, then I gra when I graduated from college, I um, went on to a coaching career in the private club sector, okay. you know, for um, women's gymnastics. Okay. And uh, and I came back. I came back home coach in high school who owned Diablo Gymnastics School 
in um, Walnut Creek, California. Okay. And um, I started coaching there, and uh, then uh, that was like in 1976. And then um, in 1980, um, my coach left and went on to a coaching position at the University of Arizona, so I took over the gym. Mm -hmm. And uh, then in, uh, you know, so in 1981, I was um, asked to be on the USA coaching staff for the USA team. And I got to travel around the world with the USA team. And and I had kids on the USA team for my gym. And so it it turned into a full-blown career. Wow. In 1984, the Summer Olympics were in Los Angeles. And the American gymnastics team was incredible. Two members, Mary Lou Retton and Julianne McNamara, scored perfect tens in three events. And one of their coaches was none other than Gary Buckman. So were you a part of the, like, 1984 um, coaching? Yeah, I was I was part of the 1984. Um, I was on the staff from, like, 81 to 84. Okay. Um, and traveled. In fact, I, I took um, Mary Lou Retton on her first, first international trip when she was 12 years old to Canada. Oh, Wow. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. And yeah. that was a great team. That 84 yeah, that, team was an awesome team. Yeah, that was a good team. Yeah. Yeah. And she did pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's super fun that you got to be a part of that. So did you continue coaching gymnastics? Yeah, I uh, I coached all the way, you know, through um, like 1995. Mm-hmm. Uh Thought I thought I would retire from the sport, but I, you know, I tried some other careers and didn't like them. And actually, by 2000, I was back into the coaching career, and I coached all the way until 2014. Oh my goodness! So, yeah. so what? Um, what gave you hope in all all that time? How did you know that everything was going to be okay? Well, you know, initially, you know, I, I, I uh, just something you know internal you know and i think that's you know like god of the universe somebody talking to me saying you know you can do this you can heal yourself and so that's you know what that's what i believed and that's what i did and well it's amazing all that you've been able to accomplish so what is your life like today oh it's amazing i uh i'm i'm at the love of my life uh, back in uh 1998 we've been married now for since um 1999 so we've been married 22 years and we have our nice dream home that we have right here in tracy california and it's it's our little mini mansion we call it and and, uh we have a nice beautiful backyard it's about a quarter of an acre with a huge pool with waterfalls coming down it and you know and it's uh and we just we have three beautiful grandsons and we're watching them play soccer and baseball and and flag football and we're just having a time of our life that is awesome that is awesome so you have written your story in book form and what is that that called it's called broken to brilliant overcoming obstacles to create opportunities and achieve the impossible wow yeah that's what you have done (laughs) that is awesome and where can we find your book um, you can go to um, brokentobrilliant.com. Okay. And, and that'll take you right to the Amazon page. Okay. And if you wanted to get a hold of me, um, you can get a hold of me at my website, uh, Gary Buckman, 
com, and it's B-U-C-K-M-A-N-N. Two N's, okay. Two N's. Um, that is awesome. And so they could buy your book um, through your website or on Amazon if they wanted to yep. go directly to that. Either okay. way, yep. yep. Okay, awesome. And you have, do you have other social media? Do you like Facebook? Um, I have Facebook, yep. Okay, awesome. So they could find you at Gary Buckman? Yep. Is that what it is? Okay, awesome. And so what would you like for people to take away from your story? Well, you know, I, I want people to realize that uh, they're capable of doing much more than they've been led to believe, mm. you know, through through programming and life experiences. And, you know, and and I think one of the things that, that we don't realize is that we all have a, a gift and talent to share with the world. And sometimes um, we don't uh, realize what it is. And, 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 and sometimes we think that what we're good at, you know, like, we don't think it's something that uh, people need or whatever, or, or we think it's not important, you know, and uh, if people can just um, look and see, um, you know, from like a hindsight window, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. of, of all the experience. I, 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 that happened now instead of, you know, for, for example, with me, you know, I, um, I blamed my dad for the way he taught me when I was younger. I mean, he was an amazing dad. He taught me so much stuff, but I didn't realize that, you know, that he was teaching me while he was doing projects around the house. So he was mm-hmm. on a time schedule. So, you know, he would, he would we'd be doing something and then he would send me away to go get a tool or something. And then he'd finish the job while I was out getting, you know, getting the tool. So I thought as a little kid, Oh, well, that means I'm not smart enough. I'm not talented enough. Mm-hmm. I'm not good enough, you know, to do this, you know, yeah. And it made me feel bad. And so it's like, but, you know, it, I, in hindsight, I look at it and think, wow, you know, it happens for us. Mm. When we can grab that concept, you know, we can do anything. Yeah. So tell me what, um, what do you think that you have been gifted with? What are you good at? Well, what I'm good at is, is teaching. You know, okay. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a teacher okay. and, um, you know, and, um, I can, I can, uh, I'm good at teaching, you know, basic things that, that can help people reach their full potential. And it, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to just be in sports. You can be in, in business relationships, you know, health, mm-hmm. whatever it is, you know, yeah. um, I just have a, a, a gift of teaching and I see, you know, the, the sequential steps that people need to take to get them there. Mm, that's awesome. Well, you have a very inspirational story and thank you so much for sharing it with me. I love it. And I'm so impressed that you've accomplished so much and, um, got, goes, got so well. <laughs> I just yeah. am shocked that with all that you went through, that you, um, were able to compete and, and go on and have a wonderful life and, uh, congratulations on that. Well, thank you so much, Kelly, and I appreciate that. And and that's what I want people to know. You know, like I'm not some superhuman or anything. Mm. You know, I'm I'm all of you know five foot seven today and 135 pounds. And um, you know, I'm, I'm just a kid from Martinez, California. You know, grew up in a you know middle class American family. So yeah. anybody can do it. Oh. Anybody. Wow, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time and sharing your story. And again, um. They could find your book um, on your website or on Amazon. And uh, all right. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Thanks again for listening to Kaval the Podcast. 
It's our joy to share these stories of hope in a confusing world. To keep up with our guests and adventures in podcasting, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We would also love it if you gave us a review on whatever podcasting platform you use. It helps us continue to share hope around the world. We are so grateful for our listeners who financially support Kavatha the Podcast. If you would like to become a supporter, please consider donating via Patreon or contacting us about sponsorship opportunities. You can find more information at kavahpodcast.com. That's Q-A-V-A-H podcast.com. I would like to thank my head writer, Rebecca Gray, and audio engineer, Meredith Douglas. I could not do this without you. You make this happen, and I can't express my gratitude. Maybe you've been listening because you found yourself in a desperate place. We want you to know that all is not lost. It is our desire that you would be able to borrow hope from those who've gone before you, those who've waited to find a positive outcome. Please be sure and connect with us via our website or social media. Until next time, take care of yourselves and each other.